Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Hey, comrades, back at the Bill Kasky podcast. Welcome back. I know you're getting ready to hang it up for the year. I wanted to give you one more episode and I want to have you give this some thought over the next week or so. You're heading into some downtime, maybe at least at some point. Hopefully, you'll be able to shut it down. And what I want to talk about today is you looking at yourself. And not just for 2021, although that seems to be the the common uh, theme is, you know, what are you going to do next year? What are your goals? What are your plans? I want you to take a little bit longer look at this and not look at this as what you need to do in the next 30 days, but what you need to do over the next year or two. Now, you can get started quickly, and I think you should, but uh, I, want, I want to have a little bit longer view of this. By the way, if you have not checked out uh, BillKasky.com, lots of free resources there. If you want to get in touch with me, you are free to do so. We're working on putting together some programming for next year. So if you're a CEO, president, want me to help you with your team, or if you're an individual contributor or leader, uh, you can get access to me on the page. Because I'm a podcaster, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and that probably is in sync with what you thought. Some podcasts are really, really good. Some episodes are really, really bad. It doesn't take me long before I can figure out pretty quickly whether I want to listen to it or not. One podcast that I especially like is James Altucher, A-L-T-U-C-H-E-R. He's a quirky dude. He has some. Fu- he's really funny. I really like him. He has some interesting guests. And he had one the other day, a guest by the name of Jeff Wald, who wrote a book called The End of Jobs. And in that podcast episode, and I encourage you to listen to it, uh, it's about an hour long. Jeff, the author, talks about the uh, how, how jobs have morphed over the years. Going back a couple hundred years, we had the agricultural economy where I don't know, 80, 90% of Americans and really people all over the world were in agriculture. And that was really an hour of work for an hour of pay. Uh, There was not much uh, mechanization there. It was all just really by hand. And then we moved into the industrial economy, the Industrial Revolution, mid-1800s. Then we moved into what he calls the electrical economy. Then into the information economy. And that's kind of where we are today, the data, the information economy. He is suggesting that jobs will change a lot, brought on and accelerated by what we went through in 2020, but this trend was on a line to happen anyway. It was just accelerated by the pandemic. But one area that he says is pretty safe, two areas actually, one is creative, anything that has to do with creative. It's hard to outsource creative projects. And, and he says outsourcing is obviously going to be a big factor. It's not just outsourcing to China and India, though. It's outsourcing with outside of your company. So he said if a company wants to launch a product, 
the VP of marketing may not walk around the building and say, well, who's available for this project? He or she may say, well, who are the best five people I can get in the world or in the U.S. or whatever economy you're in to launch this product? And he says, we will bring people in as an ad hoc team for a period of time, then disband them. That way, the company doesn't have to pay all the overheads and salaries, long-term salaries, but they can get really good people. They may pay more in the short run for those people, but they won't be burdened with all the overhead of having a bunch of people sitting around with nothing to do. I know in most companies, that's just not the case. But sometimes, if I don't have people who can do it, I need to go outside to get it done. So that was one thing that he said is going to be a, he calls it a dislocation And jobs of the future won't always be you go in, you work in a cubicle, and when you're done, it's 5 o'clock, you clock out and you leave. And I don't mean clock out literally, but you leave, and so it's a 9 to 5 or 8.30 to 5 job. He says that's all going to change. And of course, it's already started to change. But one thing that he brought up that I thought was interesting is he said, in 1960, what is the average duration for a job? How long will people typically work at a company? What is your guess on that? 1960, what was the average tenure of the employee at a job? Five years. In 20, I think he said 2015, don't hold me to that, but it was recently. He says, do you know what the average tenure of a job is now or or back then? And it was 4.2 years. So he said this idea that it used to be that people got a job and they stayed forever and today... We don't do that. He says, it's just not true. The stats and the data don't back that up. He says, it's, it's gone down. The tenure has gone down, but it really hasn't gone down that much. His point there is that the job tenure will continue to go downward because people are mobile. They will be able to take new jobs now. They don't want to move, but they don't have to move because a lot of jobs are going virtual. So he says that number will continue to go down the average tenure or duration of a job. The other thing he said is that a couple jobs cannot be outsourced. One is sales and one is anything creative. And that's good news for those of us who are in the sales profession or who train and coach salespeople. So I was enthused about that. And he talked about, though, that the role of sales will change. He didn't get into a lot of that. I want to get into this a little bit today. But he said the roles of all these jobs are going to change. So it used to be that when you had a creative person and you wanted to hire somebody or bring them on for a project, you'd bring them into the office, you'd sit in a room, you'd document everything. So that's just not happening. It probably won't because the creative may not be proximate to the company, may not be down the hall or down the road. It may be across four states. But if you find a creative person who really is good at what they do, what difference does it make where they are? But that's the creative side. Back to sales. So as I look at sales and the people that I work with, the companies and the individuals, I do see a lot of changes coming. And I want to give you five things today. I wouldn't even call them skills, although they could be. There's some skills underneath each one. But things that you're going to need to prepare for as a sales professional or as a customer account, customer acquisition professional, anybody who is in the game, VP of sales, CEO, entrepreneur, president of attracting clients and keeping clients. What skills will you need? What areas of focus will you need to be better at in order to do that? So I'm going to go through these one at a time. I've got five. This is not an exhaustive list. I know I always say that, but I want to give you some things to think about here. And then you have to grade yourself. If I, if it got any 
improvement in that? Do I need coaching there? Do I need to buy a course in that? So number one is lifelong learning. He says, you know, that a lot of people talk about that. It's a phrase that's thrown around a lot. But he said, we really have to get serious about it. That if you aren't constantly learning how to do your job better, do different parts of it better, take on new responsibilities, get better at marketing or whatever the skills are that you need to be better at, somebody else will be there to take your place. And tenure is not going to matter as much. The question is, is are you the best person to do the job? And so my question to you is, are you a lifelong learner? And the way I would ask that is how much money do you invest in yourself each year? Do you take a percentage of your income and throw it back into you? I think you should. I know I do. A lot of people that I see who are very successful have think nothing of investing 5 to 10% of their income every year, whether it be online classes, whether it be small group coaching or one-to-one coaching like we do, whether it's taking a class at a community college, or I've got a client who is about 55 years old who thought he was pretty good at technology, but he he felt like things were passing him by. So he went out and hired a 28-year-old friend of his daughter's. They went to college together, and he was in the tech business, and he brought him in and spent a few hours with my client and spent three or $400 on this, and he had a very long list of things he wanted to learn how to do. And this young man taught him from scratch how to edit and record audio, how to record and edit video, how to set up a web page, a simple web page or a website. So he had four or five things that he wanted done, and after those three or four hours, he knew how to do those things. Now you say, well, he's a CEO. What does he need to be building web pages for? He won't be building web pages, but he needs to know how it works. He needs to know how easy it is to record and edit video. Because when someone comes to him in the company and says, ah, you know what, I don't have time to record and edit video, he can say, look, I learned in an hour. I'll teach you in 15 minutes how to do it. Still got that time as an excuse? (laughs) And this guy would say that, actually. So how much of your income is going back into yourself? Are you a lifelong learner? And I don't just mean picking up books, although that's not bad. I don't mean consuming mass quantities of podcasts. I mean actually learning something. And I'm going to give you three or four things here that you can apply to that. Learning something that's going to be valuable for you in your business going forward. Number two skill is video. Anything that has to do with video. Shooting video, writing the script for the video, editing it, uploading it. I know you may have people that do that for you, which is fine, but you need to understand how to craft and produce good video. You don't have to learn how to do a documentary if you don't want, but you need to at least learn how to do video. You need to know how YouTube works. Do you know how many billions of hours a day are watched on YouTube? Well, actually, it's not many billion. It's one billion, but that still seems like a lot. Now, I can't fathom. I I don't know how to put that in context. It's like when somebody says, you know how much money he made? It's like you would stretch, you know, end-to-end $100 bills to the moon and back. Okay, that doesn't help me know how much money it is. But the point is that lots of businesses are on YouTube. Here's another interesting stat from, uh, I think this was from Gallup. Only 9% of small businesses have YouTube channels. Only 9%. Now, you know the big guys do. 
But what about you? If you're a small business, and I, I use small business $100 million or less, or you have a territory and you're a frontline sales professional, do you have a YouTube channel? Could you? It's very easy to set up. Could you create a channel that has all of your videos on it, that houses them, so that when somebody says, hey, tell me a little bit more about what you do, you tell them, say, look, by the way, I'll send you a link to my YouTube channel. I've got a lot of videos there on some of the experiences and case studies and interviews with clients or whatever. So number two is video. It's a skill, yes, and there's a lot of skills within that, but you need to be better at producing video. Stop worrying about what they look like. Just start producing them. You don't have to upload them if you don't like them, but you've got to sit in front of a camera with a microphone and you've got to try. You've got to make a stab at this. Number three, writing skills. And this goes back a little bit to video, but it also goes to email and it goes to writing documentation. It goes to proposal writing, any kind of persuasive copy you need to be better at. And most people don't know how to write persuasive copy. I got to tell you, it's hard. But like I was telling my 2X group the other day, I listened to a podcast by uh, Jerry Seinfeld. And he writes an hour a day, seven days a week. An hour a day, he writes skits and things that he observes in the market and in the world. And he has all these little bits that he's written over the years. He just has a new book out. It's got 300 and some little sketches in it. But he writes every day. And the guy interviewing him, Tim Ferriss, said, well, how did you learn to write so well? And he says, the way I learned to write so well is I write every day. So sometimes I think we can go to class and we can go to school and do online programs, but sometimes the way you write is to write. It's like a lot of things. The only way to learn how to do it and improve at it is to keep doing it. I always believe that the better writer you are, the better communicator you are. I had a uh, client in one of my uh, groups, the 2X Academy, say that very thing. He says, you know, sometimes I ramble a little bit. And he says, when I write things out, I get a lot clearer and my communication gets a lot better. Even if you're not a professional writer, if you don't get called on to write copy, I still believe that writing has a lot of byproduct value to you. So get good at it. That's number three. Number four. I'm going to use the term marketing here, but I don't mean in the traditional sense of the word of pricing and promotion and graphic design. I mean more content and social media type marketing. Do you know how to generate new discussions with prospects? Do you know how to create content that causes someone to say, oh, wow, Phil does that? Man, I need that. I need to talk to Phil. Because if you're not doing that, Somebody else is, by the way. But if you're not doing that, people never know you even exist. Now, if you have a client base of 100 clients in a territory, of course they know you exist. But are you creating something that you can post on social media, whether it's LinkedIn or whatever platform, people see it, people share it, people consume it, people reach out to you? Social media slash marketing is going to be a critical area for sales professionals in the future. I know some of you say, oh, I've got somebody that does that. Maybe, but they probably don't do it in the voice that is your voice. So anything you can do to get some more reps in at social media marketing, you can listen. There's a good podcast called Social Media Marketing. It's um, Michael Stelzner. But listen to podcasts. Learn the basics of marketing today. 
never count on somebody else to market you like you can market you. So you can have somebody at your company who's a marketing director, and they might be marketing the brand of the company, but who's marketing you? Probably nobody. So you've got to be more attuned to that. And sometimes the way you have to look at yourself when it comes to personal brand marketing is you have to get outside yourself a little bit and say, okay, if I'm representing Bill Kasky and I'm, I'm his marketing person, how am I going to market Bill? You have to get outside of yourself because you're humble and you feel a little self-conscious about putting your own stuff out there. You can't. You can't. There's a way to do it so you don't look weird, but you've got to learn how to market yourself and how to brand yourself. Number five, I believe we've all got to get better at this concept of packaging. Packaging, whether we're packaging an assessment and selling an upfront assessment to prospects, whether we're packaging an offer of some kind, like if you work with me, here's what you get, here's what you don't get, here's what's included, here's how everything works. I think you've got to become a better packager of your value. So you can take that to mean a lot of different things, but let's say you sell accounting services and you have done this in the past where you reach out to somebody and they say, yeah, come on in. I'm kind of not happy with my current accounting firm and I'd like to uh, talk to you. Well, at some point, you're going to have to present an offer. Here's what it looks like to work with my firm. We do this, and then we do this, and here's what's included. Here's what the promise is about what you're going to get at the end. Here's how we handle issues. The clearer you are about your offer, and offer I mean the offer of your value, the product that you represent or the service, the clearer you are, the easier it is for somebody to say yes, and worse or better, the harder it is for them to say no, because once they say no, they're walking away from all that value. I find that we all struggle with that, me included, is we've got to get a lot better at giving voice to our offer. And the way you do that is to package it and understand packaging. So I hope that helped you. Those are five. There's more. There's more where that came from, as we used to say. We still do say that. As Wayne Gretzky's dad, Walter, said to him, in the world's oldest and most overused cliches, skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it is. And that's what I wanted to give you today is let's start to look at the sales profession of where it's going, not from where it was. Because what got you here won't get you there. Another overused cliche, but I still like that one. The question is, what demands are going to be needed for you to continue to grow your income, to grow your power, to grow your impact. And these five skills or these five ideas, I think, will help you get there. Go to BillCaskey.com. If I don't talk to you before the holidays, I hope you have an awesome holiday. I know it's been a weird year for a lot of us. Been good for some, not so good for others. But uh, take some time and relax. Turn everything off for a couple weeks. And I will see you back here in January for a whole new year. we got a new surprise for you by January. I think I'll have the surprise all worked out and we will be talking to you then. 